Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. Ready to rock it a Friday. Really weird. Last two days, normally we're on the road with the Larceny Bourbon and Luna's Old Tequila locks and shots every Thursday. Of course, with the bye week not out yesterday and a Blue Friday. Normally on a Blue Friday, I think we're going next week. And there may be some of you out there. I've never been there before. Is it called the Blue Chaparral on Southeastern? I believe that is the Bud Light Blue Friday coming up next Friday. The Blue Chaparral. With our friends from Zinc and Bud Light with tickets for that matchup with the Chargers. The Blue Chaparral, and we're going to be busy coming up next week. I think actually Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah, I'm going to bail Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to sit it out, come back in, and then be rip-roaring ready to go Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on the road for you. So, yeah, weird in studio, and remember... We got to bail off of here and go to Colts Happy Hour at 5.30 today because the Pacers are back, and the Pacers are back for the first time in forever. Getting the Washington Wizards later on tonight, something that's going to be worthy of watching. You have a team that has been starting out bad. You have a team that has struggled in the first quarter. You have a team that's coming off a long, in fact, the longest in forever. Seven-game, nearly two-week Western road swing, and... You'll wonder how quickly they're going to start coming up later on tonight. That's something I want them to see get fixed. I talk about all the time having teams grow, showing signs of growth. That would be, to me, a tremendous sign of growth if they were able to figure out why in the world they start out so slow. Almost every game. And if you watched them the other night in Minnesota, they picked it up in the second quarter. It was like completely opposite. First quarter around 19 points, second quarter into the 40s they went. That was amazing. Yeah, figure that out. We're all looking for signs of growth. That is where you want to start. That is where you want to figure that out. You guys dig on the Amazon Prime game last night to get your week 14 officially underway. That might have been, correct me if I'm wrong, since his college days, was that the most showering of uh, 
social media love that Baker Mayfield has received? Because there's always been a point of whether or not he's it or he's good enough or he's going to be here, going to be there. Why is he doing these commercials? Remember all that when he was still in Cleveland? It seemed like the love that he ever got at the NFL level was few and far between. It compared that to the college level. But, man, last night, last night, that's what happens, I guess, when you play a team. Everybody was talking about the Raiders getting back into it. Think about that for a moment. Getting back into it, maybe making a late-season run. And then you think about this Raiders resume. These things kind of get into my head and get clouded up a bit. That Raiders resume with losing to a dude that midweek finished up on ESPN and then came and coached his former team and Jeff Saturday, losing to that squad. And then losing to a dude that just kind of showed up with the Rams 48 hours prior to being signed. And he did throw a couple of hoses out there. That final one, Devan Jefferson, was impressive. I'm not suggesting it's anything. Uh, it's anything if you're the Rams. If anything, if if anything at all, it's how people even more so view Sean McVay. They're going to look like he's a miracle worker. Look at what everybody else did in Carolina. Look what happened in Cleveland. And then, you know, 48 hours later, look what happens with the Rams. This guy looks completely different. Why is that? Because of Sean McVay, who arguably has had a disappointing season, even coming off a Super Bowl title, there's a great deal of disappointment there. But it would be worth it. I would mortgage it. I would mortgage it just like they did. I would mortgage that like the Rams did to get yourself in position to take home a title. I would mortgage it. And we also see around here what it is not to mortgage it, what it is at times to play it safe, what it is to put a Band-Aid on something. We've seen all that, and it's a stinking mess. Last night might have been arguably one of Baker Mayfield's favorite times in professional football. He was showered with love. Everybody was giving him love last night. Good for him. Good for him and good for the Thursday night crew. Now, Michaels had a great call at the end, too. But that gets you started without the Colts this weekend, so you can kind of settle back and relax a little bit. Just kind of wait for it. Now, again, you're at a point in the season where you kind of look at things and you can either settle back and relax and not worry about it or settle back and completely forget about it. I guess the question is, the kinetical water question of the day, which one are you? you sit back and relax this weekend and just take a load off with the Colts and not worry about it, or are you going to disconnect for the remainder of the season? Talk to me when they start figuring out some things for the future. That's where you are. That's where you could be. 
you know, honestly, I want to keep you motivated here. I want to keep you having interest in coming back and saying, hey, this is my philosophy. This is my thought. Or this is what you're wrong about regarding the Colts. But I can understand if you do want to disconnect for a minute. I don't want you to. Nobody wants you to around here. But I can certainly understand it. Think about what this team has gone through over the past, since Phillip Rivers was here, for example, past couple of years. Because you factor in the Phillip Rivers season, they go to the postseason, and without a couple of bonehead plays in Buffalo, give themselves an excellent shot to win that. But the past two years, past two years is enough to drive you pretty crazy. And remember, we're still a couple of weeks ahead of where this team was last year when arguably outside of the Patriots game, they probably had their finest moment, that Christmas night game in Arizona. Everybody thought this is an up-and-coming team. They were proclaimed an up-and-coming team. I wouldn't want to face these guys in the postseason where you're not going to have to worry about it because they're going to screw themselves and not be a part of the postseason. You still get a week and a half, two weeks to go before that. Christmas night anniversary. Carson Wentz, that touchdown pass to seal it. Everybody's feeling good. I mean, everybody. And your mind was, there is no way they're going to go through what they went through at home against the Raiders and then on the road against Jacksonville. And then you factor in the offseason of nothing but negativity only to encounter this season where it's been even worse. So, yes, I don't – this is a soap opera. I don't mind – or do I mind? Yes. I understand if you feel like you want to disconnect a little bit right now. Because it seems like they've kind of driven you to that point, haven't they? You can't blame you at all for it. It's almost like you go back – and you document some of these moments in the past couple of years, and you say to yourself, yeah, what? It's almost unbelievable stuff. Think of all those moments along the way where you've thought, ah, this is unbelievable, or I can't believe that happened. I don't know if anything's going to surprise you anymore. And really, remember, we said that when the quarterback retired two weeks before the start of the season. That's when we told ourselves, we looked ourselves in the mirror and said, yes. I am never going to be surprised and or shocked about any decision, anything that ever happens with this team again. And you keep kind of saying that to yourself a little bit, don't you? It is incredible. But you do get an off week. Get an off week to soak it up. Get an off week to get ready. Get an off week to think a little bit more about the direction of this team what they're doing with this. It's just a calculated evaluation with somebody the owner trusts with Jeff Saturday, or is there still some realness regarding where they want to go? Nobody seems to think that this is some covert operation between owner and interim head coach, but you got to admit, the whole timing of it is either really odd and or weird, certainly strange, or just completely miscalculated. 
Yeah, apparently you didn't think about it. If you want this dude as the head coach, you didn't really think about having to go through the rest of the season and then how this portrait's going to be painted by the guy that you want to have as the next head coach. And then how hard of a sell that's going to be for you. I Again, I don't blame you because you have heard it all, and you have heard it all in the positivity that has been built supposedly around this team. And as we talked about yesterday, rarely, if ever, what has been told to you has actually come to fruition. So if you're a little singed, a little burnt out of all this, I think nearly everybody would understand that. Uh, We can talk it up if you like, too. The bye week is always a pretty good opportunity to get some, especially when it's this late. If it's early in the season, you don't know too much about your squad. By the time you get here, you know absolutely everything about it. Well, with the exception of who's going to be the coach, who's going to be the quarterback, and all that crap. You don't know that. But as far as where this team is going, you do certainly know that. So that late season bye week gives you a little bit as far as as that is concerned. A window to the world of what it's going to be. I know we slowly start to slide. We had Charles Arbaugh go on earlier this week. I felt myself in early December sliding into, all right, so what what quarterbacks are coming out of college that you like? I can't remember the last time we did that. Last time we did that in early December? I mean, normally that's a February, maybe even a March type of topic. But we brought that out earlier this week. Dusted it off, and here you go again. Seems like, though, I don't know how dusty it is because we talked about that position so much with the Band-Aid effect and whether or not they should draft somebody or who they hope to be. And I think we've been through nearly everything. It is amazing. Uh, if you want to hit it, you can at 239 239- 1070. We have Yacht Rock review tickets to give away for that New Year's Eve extravaganza coming up a little bit later on as well. You know, the one thing about this year is a lot of you get some time off, and that's pretty sweet. And you can come across some oddly scheduled high school basketball games. Now, this is not the case this weekend. I mean, these are on the schedule Friday and Saturday. But you can come across some oddly scheduled, you know, because of the holidays when the school's out, you know, get the Hall of Fame classic, of course, over in Newcastle. You have a lot of tournaments going on. Thus, you're going to end up getting some high school basketball that will be in the midday, early in the afternoon, into the afternoon. But this is a great time of year to really eyeball a lot of this talent on the high school level. And Bob Lovell is going to be here as he normally is coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'm thinking this is the first full Friday to where if you had a team member or if you were a school and had, for example, if you were like CG or Valpo or if you were like Whiteland and you had some of your basketball players a part of the football program and you ran deep into the postseason, you went all the way to the state finals. This is probably the first time that everybody is truly back together and maybe even on the same page. 
because that transition is quick. Now, it's not so much, it's not as prevalent as it used to be because you have all these one sport athletes, and that to me sucks. But that's just where it is. Like the first Friday, where if you do have some crossover athletes for boys' basketball, for example, they get back and start working their way, getting those major minutes maybe they got or would get without missing time because of football. Or maybe, you know, maybe if you know you're going to be there anyway, your schedule is conducive. But this is a busy weekend for it, nonetheless. Bob Lovell's going to talk about that. High school basketball landscape with us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Brought to you by CarX, CarX.com for your 14 Central Indiana. CarX locations run by Joe Childers. Again, that is CarX.com for that location nearest you today. Did you really do that? (laughs) That's awesome. I'm going to get you back for some of this stuff, right? I'll get you back for some of that. Uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is going to dive in here coming up at the 4 o'clock hour per usual. We'll talk about the Colts. Uh, We'll talk about some Pacers, some NBA stuff with him as well. Again, interesting, as I brought up yesterday, this team right now, both of these teams are opposite in terms of what you felt was going to be either reasonable expectations or a reasonable level of interest. Now, I think too many people thought that you would be that deeply interested in the Pacers as of right now, which you are. And then when you think about the Colts, the only thing you can really do about them is gripe. Now, they're on a bye week, and it's almost like this week it's out of sight, out of mind. Talk to Wells about that and then some. I was watching a little bit of the Blazers and the Nuggets last night, NBA-wise. Pretty good back-and-forth ending. And Jamal Murray being one. I was watching this last night and thinking about it. I don't know what his numbers indicated. But Jeremy Grant, to me, is always a pretty good, long, lean, athletic type of score from a lot of places that oftentimes gets forgotten about. Whether you're in OKC or where else has he been? Detroit. And now in Portland. I was watching the Portland broadcast last night. Brooke Olsendam, who used to do the pre and the halftime sideline and all that here, uh, she is from the Pacific Northwest and does it for Portland. I think Kevin Calabro, also Dave Calabro's brother, Dave Calabro of Channel 13, does the play-by-play for the Portland Trailblazers. And I was watching Jeremy Grant play. He is, he has always been an interesting threat on the floor, especially offensively, but never really gets that amount of credit for it. It's kind of has bounced around. He looks good in a Blazer uniform, though. Well, young talent there. You watch Shaden Sharp play yet at all? I'd like to go back and think right before that draft and we get into all that conversation about who you like. Remember, I was like absolutely dead set against Shaden Sharp. I was cool with Matherin, but remember my guy, I like Keegan Murray. Now, he wasn't available when they drafted, so I think I'm safe in that capacity, but I like Keegan Murray coming out of Iowa. If you compare the numbers right now of the guy that I absolutely didn't like, the guy that ultimately was there, 
and the guy that I did like but wasn't there. Matherin's just blowing them both out of the water. Even in bad games. Even in games where you're going, yeah, this is a rookie, he still doesn't act like a rookie because he gets through it. My man forgets immediately about stuff. And this is the part I love, and I don't know if he's ever going to have to dial this down, but he gets legitimately pissed when things don't go his way. And not because it's entitlement, because he works at it and expects it to go that way. Like it's different. He gets mad. He gets like you or like me if you're playing and something doesn't go down. You go, I'm working on this all the time. And look, it just messed up. He gets mad. But he gets mad and either it carries over at motivation or what took place down the floor when he drives to the rim prior. He has no fear, grabs a ball, and does it again. I mentioned this early in the week. I can't remember. I'll ask Chris Denary this coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. I cannot remember a Pacers player. Recent history. In recent history that went, went to the rim as much as he does and shows no fear in doing it. And then when you look at the fact that he's a rookie, even more impressive. Hey, listen, I know that everybody talks about him glowingly, and you should, and there are a variety of reasons to do so, but that may stick out most to me. It's kind of the whole mental game that he plays. He's just got zero fear. He goes right at you. He does not let stuff affect him. He may have a bad game shooting. He legitimately gets mad when things don't go his way and puts that that anger to good use. I dig it. How do those numbers stack up? A guy I didn't like, a guy I did like that was unavailable, and the guy that the Pacers ended up getting. You three-way that? That sounded weird. I should put it a different way. (laughs) Sometimes it just doesn't sound right. Can you put those three together and tell me how things look? So Keegan Murray, 11.4 points, four rebounds, shooting 42.3% from the floor and 34 from three. You get uh, Shaden Sharp, eight points a game, two and a half rebounds, 46% from the floor and 37% from three. Then you got Matherin, 18 points a game, four rebounds, 41% from the floor, 37% from three. So you can combine their numbers and still not touch the numbers of Matherin. Yeah, Those shooting Murray numbers are Matherin all right. Matherin are playing about the same minutes per game, about yeah. 28 minutes a game. Sharp is only playing about 19 minutes. Yeah, right. So I'd say of those three, I'd say Matherin is obviously the best, Sharp, and then Murray. So my guy that was not available, yeah. but I did like, is the guy that's bringing up the rear right here. So I was completely against Shaden Sharp. And I got to bring this stuff up just to keep myself honest and to let some of you, like, cut loose on me. Hey, you see, I told you. And you guys didn't tell me anything, by the way. Nothing. But those three, a dude I didn't like, the guy that I did like that was unavailable, and then the guy that the Pacers actually got. 
Denary, bottom of the 4 o'clock hour to discuss. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Remember, at 5.30, uh, we're in bailing mode as we get the Colts happy hour and then lead you up to the Pacers being back at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Pacers and Wizards. Uh, no Bradley Beal later on tonight? Has that officially been announced? He's out, right? Check that. Check that on Beal a little bit later on. We'll talk to Denary about that. And again, how difficult it is to return from a long Western road swing. And you're talking about a team that struggles in the first quarter anyway. They have some difficulties later on tonight. So, what is the national mood right now in Brazil? Not what it's like in Brazil, Indiana. I know what it's like there. What's the national mood right now in Brazil? when you are eliminated as a strong favorite in the World Cup in the quarterfinal round. What is that mood comparable to here? I, I don't think. I mean, soccer is – is soccer a bigger deal in Brazil than football, American football is to USA? I would say yes. I can't imagine. You have one team – I mean that guy that guys that get, guys get fired. I mean the uh, the coach from Mexico basically lost his job the moment that they were eliminated. I think that was in his contract, right? If you suck this much, then you're going to get canned. You hope it's not the case, but it's like, do you worry about the guy who who missed his family? As like the that, two Escobars, I mean, it's that like thirty that for thirty right there in Colombia. Right yeah. Yeah. And then when you think about this, this is they're on the same. And again, I'm I am not a wizard at all when it comes to soccer, world class soccer, World Cup soccer, world class soccer. But when you think about Brazil being eliminated by Croatia and Argentina right now, one nil over the Netherlands in the sixty first minute, that probably does not add does not add to the national discord as well, right? In Brazil, with that result so far. I'm assuming. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. I got a lot for you. You can join me. You can be a part of it. Two things I want you to think about. One is shout-out to BT Dew and a shout-out to Chad Roblin, both of which I joined today at the legendary Workingman's Friend. Went over there, had a big fishbowl. I did probably disappoint everybody because I didn't go like Robin Miller's looking down on me and giving me like the double middle finger because I did not order the double cheese with no middle bun. I ordered a grilled tenderloin. What? <laughs> no, I know. Robin Miller. See, I did that once before in front of Robin Miller and he goes, what kind of dumbass are you? And then I never did it again. Then I was just sitting there today and I go, you know, I think I feel like a grilled tenderloin. What? So somewhere, Robin Miller's looking down on me, incredibly disgusted. So, yeah, I put back a fish bowl and a grilled tenderloin. But thank you to both Chad and, and BT for being a part. It was a great day to have lunch with him. And by the way, too, I talked to Brett Halverson earlier today. And when we fire up for 2023, another Larceny Bourbon Tavern Tour stop month to month, we will be going back to Workingman's Friend. We will be going back to Workingman's Friend. And also, he wanted me to remind you guys of this. If there is a bar, a hole in a wall, a tavern, 
a joint that you think is deserving of us naming the Tavern Tour stop in 2023, let me know. Let me know. I'll pass it along and see what we can do. So let me know. And really, not just here in Indy, but in surrounding areas, because we can drive someplace. So if there is a place, again, a tavern, bar, joint, spot, that you think would go great and would deserve this type of attention in a month in 2023, let me know. JMV1070 on Twitter. I'll pass that along to Brent Halverson, and we'll put them all together and see where we end up. See, a lot of this comes out to you being able to decide, which is pretty cool. And again, that is coming up in the year of 2023. Our Tavern Tour stops with Heaven Hill Distillery. Bob Lovell, Mike Wells, Chris Denary, Don Fisher, and nobody at 530. Yacht Rock Review tickets also. Your chance to win coming up a little bit later on as well. The stream, the app, HD Radio, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. You guys, I'll see you in there. I will join coming up during the break. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mike Wells. Chris Denary is going to be here. Don Fisher as well a little bit later on. John Martin writes this. Whiteland Perry Meridian tonight. I think I ran over 1,000 down and backs in that gym. Good memories there. Uh, Shane Palmer says, how about the Crowbar and Trafalgar Tavern Tour 23? It'd be a good time. I have actually been, Shane, true story, to the Crowbar. Me and my neighbor, Jeff Watson, the world's most fantastic neighbor, Jeff Watson. Friend Jeff Watson, we went down to the Brown County Music Center in May to see 92. I think he's 92, 82, 92. Can't remember. Gordon Lightfoot's got to be 82. He can't be 92, right? That'd be amazing. Gordon Lightfoot at the Brown County Music Center, and then on the way back, stopped and had a late, late dinner at the Crowbar, everybody. Greenwood Red says, grilled tenderloin, really? They may never let you back in GC again. Robin Miller is looking down saying, what in the hell is happening here? I thought about that as I was driving down here after going to the workman's friend. Back to you and more coming up in a minute at 239-1070. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon every Friday. Also brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. For the one nearest you, it's CarX.com. Bob Lovell joins us. Good afternoon, Bob. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am overly excited. And I know that all you fans are excited. Purdue fans are excited. But I am excited about my sycamores in this start. Should I be? <laughs> you should very well be. They're pretty good. Uh, we talked about it last week. They, uh, you know, they they just keep playing. They play hard. They're they're hard to match up with. They space the court well. They run the court well. Uh, they're not afraid to shoot the three. They they can beat you off the dribble. Uh, and they're defending at a high level right now. So what's not to like? Yeah, and you've got somebody on the floor in Corvassier McCauley that oh, yeah. can get you a bucket. 
I mean, when you want somebody to go, and not all teams have that. And certainly at that level, not all teams have that. But he's a dude that can go get you something if you need it. He's been able to do that his entire career. And um, he's in the right system. You know, it's one of those things, John, where people talk about systems all the time and good fit, and it's a great fit for him because they're, they're going to extend the court. They're going to try and get in early offense as much as they can. As I mentioned, they space it well. Uh, they, have, uh, they have guys, uh, besides Covassier, they have guys who can put it on the deck, as they say, and go to the rim and make things happen. So they're fun. They're, they're fun and they're genuinely uh, a good, solid team. And I think um, it's going to be fun. You're going to have to get over there multiple times and support your Sycamores. Yeah, 9-1 and one in the Valley right now, coming off a win the night before last down in Carbondale at Southern Illinois, which is – it is uh, never easy. By the way, you know, Carvassia McCauley is over 17 points per for Josh Schertz in his Sycamores in year two. That's great recruiting because I think people really missed a good player there. They, they did a wonderful job to do that. They've got an interesting matchup Sunday with USI. Uh, certainly a lot of interest in that game for the obvious reasons, and that should be fun. That should be a fun game down at Evansville. USI, that is something. I could get behind that as well. I mean, a team that's, you know, that transition like that and, and getting on the big stage, I, I can get with that. Well, Stan Gerard, uh, you know, had a, a Hall of Fame career at yeah. USI uh, and has just gone out there and done what you're supposed to do as a coach to make yourself better in this business. Tremendous success at, at, at UND. Uh, they're doing well. Brand new arena. Uh, well, not brand new, but it's a couple of years old. Great place to play. Uh, moving to division to the big time division one, and so uh, this is you know, and I applaud Indiana State for playing this game. I think it's great. I think it's I think it's solid for everybody, and it should be a really good game. Uh, four and five, Southern Indiana Screaming Eagles in that that OVC, and they and they have losses. They played at Notre Dame. They played at Missouri. Lost at St. Bonaventure, uh, Western Illinois, Chicago State, and uh, they get Indiana State. Uh, coming up on Sunday, which uh, uh, should be fun, but no, it's it's a, a heck of a story. I, if you were um, with that Evansville basketball program, would you be? I mean, you're probably concerned anyway about the direction in which it's going. But does that even add more angst to what you're thinking about with your own program with Southern Indiana taking off like that? Oh, I suppose it does to, to some people, but you know, down there, there, your your loyalties. You're you're either a U of E, you're an Aces fan, or uh, well, you're a USI fan, and it's, and it's a, uh, obviously a city that can support great basketball, and it, and it always has. I think UE, UV uh, has a tough way to go, obviously, in, in the Valley. I'm not sure they're the greatest funded program in the Valley. It is a tough, tough place to be. Uh, and when you're in transition, like Coach Ragland is, you're trying to just figure things out and um, – it's tough. And USI right now, you know, coming in, getting all the publicity, if you will, most of the publicity because of the move. And it's a it's an interesting dynamic that we up here in this part of the state don't really get exposed to very much. But it, it's real. Uh, and there's plenty of great basketball for basketball fans down 
in the Evansville area. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, obviously over in Terre Haute, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. In Bloomington and West Lafayette, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. I want to go to West Lafayette for you. Bob Lovell's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. That's CarX.com for the location nearest you. Uh, besides the big man, Zach Eady, and doing what he's doing individually so far, what strikes you about the the way that this team has so started well under Matt Painter this season? There was a little bit of question going without Jaden Ivey, going without Travion Williams moving forward, but it seems like that they the, the team looks better even if two incredibly talented guys moved on from West Lafayette last year? Well, I think the biggest surprise to me has been you have so many new faces, so many young faces that from day one haven't played like a young and inexperienced team. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, Fletcher Lawyer, you look at Braden Smith, they haven't played like rookies. You know, they, they may run into it You know, when the Big Ten gets in full swing. But, um, you know, having an anchor like Zach Eady always helps. And, and I think this is a, a, a perfect team for Matt uh, in, in a sense that uh, this is an, a team without egos. I think egos may have gotten to them a little bit last year toward the end. Uh, but they're better defensively. They share the ball better. And when all else fails, toss it in to Zach Eady and uh, good things will happen. And I think this team is playing better defensively than what they did uh, most of the time a year ago. So, yeah, and the thing about it is they play so well together. They play um, they play for one another, and it's an expression people use quite a bit. They're a fun group to watch, and, and they, you know they're going to play hard. That's just if, if you don't play hard, you're not going to play there, and that's how it goes. And so, yeah, early on, there's a whole lot of great basketball stories in our state at the college level without question. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, later on tonight and tomorrow night as well. Your thoughts on the high school basketball season, which you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, You know, now's the time if you had any football players that were playing uh-huh. late into the season, they really kind of start finding a bit more of their stride. And then in a week or so, you know, school is is going to vacate for right. break, and you're going to have some afternoon affairs, some oddly scheduled games and such. It's really a cool time of year. But who's impressed you with their start across the high school basketball landscape in Indiana? Well, you know what, this is a, um, it, it's a, as you pointed out, John, it's a great time to go watch basketball. I mean, it really has. I don't know that I've been necessarily surprised. Your new cathedral was good. Uh, and you, and you, you know that um, a lot of guys back from last year. Uh, I think if you want to find out who's going to be good, you know, go out to Southport this weekend and watch the uh, you know, the, the, the uh, forum uh, tip-off because you have <laughs> you have an enormous field. You know, you have one, two, yep. uh, five, and four A. Uh, you're just um, you're in a situation where if you want to see good basketball, you'll see it. And uh, I, I think that it's always great that they, they do that shootout at this point in the year because you're trying to find who you are. You know, North Davies has bumped up to 3A. They won the 1A championship. They're playing the defending 3A champs in Beach Grove. Um, Norwell, Franklin Central, Crown Point's playing well. Southport, I think, is having a really good start. Bloomington North uh, and Fishers. Uh, the team that may have gotten the best start or as well as good a start as anybody else is Zionsville. They had a great week last week. Uh, then you got Cathedral Ben Davis uh, for the nightcap. And so, you know, they're, they're, 
this, I think, again, like we said last year, and it's not a cop-out, I, th- I think it's very balanced in all four classes. Uh, I think you'll see movement from top to bottom. You'll see some teams be number one and kind of slide out and see how things go. But if you want to find out, you know, take a look at how good some of these teams are, that a lot of hype around them, head down to Southport and watch that. That sounds fun to me right there. That's a, a hell of a day of basketball right there. By the way, too, tomorrow night for me. So your uh, your fighting Quakers tonight are getting Martinsville, right? So Martinsville, Kip Stags teams two and two. That's right. I'm going to go check out the uh, Arties in Center Grove tomorrow, but I point this out because it does make a lot of sense. This is kind of a gauntlet for the Artesians. Plainfield, Center Grove, and then next weekend, Eastern Green. I mean, you talk about trying to get through a a gauntlet of teams right there. That's well, tough. E. G. You know the uh, you know put the cherry on the top. Playing the <laughs> playing the birds, don't you think? I mean, it's a big deal right there. Uh, let me tell you. You know, you know Plainfield, and uh, it's a it's a conference matchup. Center Grove is logical because you guys are so close, and so. Uh, Plainfield is not bad. They're young at, at a lot of different spots. I had Kip on the show last weekend. Um, they're, you know, they got a great start. He, he really likes this team, and um, they'll be fun to watch. It'll be, I think, a, a nice weekend. I wish I was you. I, you know, I love Indiana sports talk. It's like a member of my family, but. I don't get a chance to see very many games. I saw Zach Hahn the other night when I was getting ready to go out there and. Uh... A trip to light fantastic on the basketball floor in the West Gym at CG, and I told him I was going to come out and watch him. So <laughs> they're four and zero, by the way. Center I know Grove you put still. a lot of pressure on that young guy. <laughs> yeah. Having you there, oh yeah, I know teams, it's there's a lot of pressure. Oh, on. I know, it. especially when you got you know you don't want to practice after I shoot out there. No, I don't want to make those young dudes <laughs> well, look they need look to bad. Replace the net. After all right, uh, 9.30 tonight, 9.30 tomorrow night, correct? Across the great stations along the line of Network Indiana. 52 of those crazy stations bring our show to fans all around the state. It's kind of a fun thing to do on the weekend. Oh, that's outstanding. All right, well, listen, we're really getting into it. This is going to be a fun time of year as we get closer to the holidays and you get a lot of these afternoon games going on in in high school sports, high school basketball. It's pretty. We need a a road trip. You and I, road trip to Terre Haute. You can show me all your spots before we watch the uh, Sycamores play a game. I think so. I'm trying trying not to. To jinx them here, because I think once I really start getting into it, I'm just kind of afraid that maybe I'd be called a bit of a jinx. But I had Josh Shirts on last week, and they still continue to win. I had him on after that win over Drake. So they they are. You're right. They are talented, and as I mentioned too, they got a guy that can go out and get you one when you need it. Not a lot of other teams in that league no, do. No, and, and the other thing is they're fearless. That's just how they're coached. Uh, they're not afraid to get early in the offense. Uh, they'll defend you. They'll share it. Um, you got a lot of those ingredients that make you a pretty good basketball team. That's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, later on tonight and tomorrow night as well on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. That is CarX.com today. Bob, enjoy the weekend. Thank you. I will, John. Thanks for having me. He's right about going on at Southport. Loosen up those rims, too. Guys, start dunking on that a little bit. Loosen those rims up. They need it. Coach Brand's going to have a Southport team shoot about 35% this year if you don't loosen up those rims down in the Southport Fieldhouse. Let's do it. Let's do it.
Nah, fun weekend there for sure. Quick one, we'll come back. Top of the hour, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Bottom of the four, Chris Denary, Bally Sports, Indiana. Pacers, Wizards tonight. Back at home for four straight. That begins tonight, the first of a back-to-back. So Brooklyn is in here tomorrow night. Brooklyn is in the first of a back-to-back tonight. So it kind of makes you wonder whether or not uh, Durant, Irving, their dudes going to play coming up tomorrow. But that's tomorrow. We'll talk to Chris Denary about that seven-game Western road swing and then getting back into it against the Wizards tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Don Fisher, a voice of the Hoosiers in the 5 o'clock hour. Of course, IU in Vegas coming up tomorrow. That's the uh, that's the T-Mobile place out there, that T-Mobile arena is where they're playing Arizona coming up tomorrow night. They're not playing in somebody's ballroom, are they? They're not, not playing in somebody's shed or barn? Assuming it's T-Mobile Arena coming up tomorrow? Yeah. They are. All right. No shed, no barn, no ballroom for Arizona and IU. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers in the 5 o'clock hour. 93-5107, the fan. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. I'll let our next guest listen to this on hold really quick and get his music voice into gear with a little bit of Keith Sweat here on the other side. But Netherlands, Argentina, level at two in the 101st minute right here i've never seen that routine the argentinian player that was like laying down like you would be watching tv right there what's happening there was a bench clearing brawl on that too which i think is outstanding level at two as they're in the 101st minute quarterfinal round of the world cup netherlands and argentina Let's fire this up. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. There you go, Mike. There's your lead. Nobody. (laughs) Baby, nobody. Nobody, baby. Nobody. That's well done. Like me. Nobody. That's nice. Nobody. All that long. Nobody, you think Keith? You think Keith Sweat would be happy with this particular cover of his song by you? Man, listen, Keith Sweat sounds like a Billy Goat. So I can sound like a, I can sound like, I can sound like a Billy Goat when, when I sing too. Keith Sweat can do it, man. Yeah, man, but he's just he back in the day. I'm still he sure does today, but back in the day, he was he was having he was fighting them off. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness! Listen, he ate. My man, he couldn't keep up probably back in the day, if you if you know what I mean, man. That, yeah. That's how Keith Sweat was rolling, man. I don't know about oh, you, but we had a we had a little bench clearing little bench clear in the World Cup here. I think I'm on board with that. Oh man, listen, I gotta tell you, I've been paying close attention, not right now, because I am not at home, so I'm not I'm not I'm not watching the match, but that son of mine has had me looking at the World Cup throughout, man. And you know what? In fact, you know, if, if you see him on Sunday, I'm not sure where the center row girls are playing at, but if you see him on Sunday, you got to ask him why he, why he was trying to get let me uh, have him skip school so he can watch the World Cup, man. Oh, did you let him do it? You didn't, did you? You sent him. Oh, man. 
no, listen, I told this boy to go to school, man. It's almost Christmas break. You can suck it up a little bit, man. You'll be all right. That, and that's what the DVR is for. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you got to watch that some other time right there. But I think we – I don't know. Are we in Franklin this weekend? I'd have to look. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it's the last weekend, man. Yeah, I think I get to go finally. I haven't been able to go in a month because the Colts schedule compared to their schedule. So I'm finally going to get to go. Oh my god! And, and we and we know which we know which which product has been a lot worse than the other in the schedule <laughs> conflict on Sunday. Yes, yes, we have. Even when you were going back to you know on a daily basis not too long ago covering the Colts, did you ever envision it being this bad? No, you know, it, it's funny. I uh, The Colts always have an annual uh, media dinner. Normally it's been on the road, but for the first time ever, they did it, they did it in Indy last night. I never get invited. You notice I never get invited to that, right? <laughs> I never get the invitation. Oh, man. So shout out to the district tap on the north side, and shout out to the Colts for inviting me because as I was put it, I was I was told I'm grandfathered in. Okay. So I get a, I get an invite every year. So we go up to last night, and that, that's the topic of discussion. People are like, what's you know, what's the worst season you've covered with the Colts? And I said, obviously, 2017, we knew they were going to stink when Andrew Luck had the shoulder injury, shoulder injury and he missed that time. And Scott Tolzien was straight garbage in week one against the L.A. Rams. 2015, you know, you had uh, the Golden Girls going at each other and Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson. That was bad. Luck with all the 50 million injuries. <laughs> but this, this, this season – this season, this season is so bad that anybody who knows me, they know I like to joke and talk trash about any and everything. But this season, I'm not even teasing the Colts beat writers and, and making fun of them for having to cover, to cover this poo-poo show. That's how bad this season is. I couldn't imagine being around that team in that locker room, in that press box on a weekly basis, having to watch that mess. They played Sunday night, and I got to tell you, I was nowhere. No, I was never been more excited about having having bowel movement problems for, for because I got a colonoscopy on Monday. So I couldn't even watch the game if I wanted to because I was hanging out with the white porcelain god most of the game. Right. So I, I couldn't even watch them. So I was like, man, perfect time to get a colonoscopy and have to take that prep stuff because I don't have to watch this poop that is uh, on the television screen because I'm dealing with my own poop. It um. I think back at it, I went over a little bit earlier, too. If you were to go back almost a year ago to when they're on the road in Arizona and they get that fourth quarter win with um, Wentz throwing it to Desmond Patman back of the end zone, you consider that, and I know that people will probably point to that Saturday night game or that nationally televised game, I should say, against New England um, as maybe a high point of the season a year ago. But to me, when everybody really thought it was coming together and you know they were getting that momentum going for the postseason was that Christmas night game in Glendale, Arizona. And to just view what has happened since that point in time is absolutely an amazing decline. I mean, you almost, and they have, you almost have to try to do that. Uh, yes, that that was the last high moment for this franchise. Yeah, it, it was. That was the last yeah. moment because you think about it. Before you know, a couple hours before kickoff, you know, Darius Leonard gets uh, or Shaq Leonard. They announced that he, you know, he, he tests positive for COVID, and they don't have they don't have Shaq Leonard out there. Carson Wentz had his the one great 
drive, one series that he had because he had to pass. He had to pass to Ty, and like said, so you hit Dez in the pa- in the back of the end zone. Nobody thought they were going to go on the road without Shaq Leonard and beat the Arizona Cardinals. You thought right then they were going to take off, and then that following week you get you know Wentz gets COVID, and then they uh, obviously um, Derek Carter and uh, Hunter Hunter Riffo comes in and gives Kenny Moore the business in that game for the, with the Raiders, and then Shaq's on uh, hard knocks talking about oh yeah. Uh, we weren't mentally focused, you know, just days after he just ripped into Kravitz for Kravitz asking that same question. That It has been almost a year since something positive has happened for that franchise. That is a horrendous thought. Yeah, and that's even with an offseason of nothing but negativity about the way they went out and the embarrassing fashion in which which they won out. That's even with that. It is, it, I mean, you, you have to try to mess it up that bad. Yeah, it, 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 you you really do. Um, I know I've, I've asked you this probably on the phone when we've chatted before. And all I mean, take two, 2011 out without luck. I mean, excuse me, without um, Peyton Manning, we knew it was going to be bad. You know, even the years with Jim Moore and stuff like that. Have you? Has there been more of a dysfunctional season in this organization? No, 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 nah, not even the, the the one where you know GM and head coach tied together and then GM gets gets canned and head coach in a lame duck situation is still here which that was also incredibly mismanaged as we both well know but now this is a this is a new level of mismanagement right here i mean across the board it really is from from owner to general manager to whomever's the coach might have been at that moment i mean when you consider this um i, I thought at the beginning, the Jim Irsay really wanted Jeff Saturday to have a little bit the legitimate shot at being the head coach. But the more and more you think about it now, the more and more it almost sounds like it was like um, a little bit of intel he's trying to gain on what all is going on within his own organization that he already pays others to be doing that in the first place. And if he did want Jeff Saturday to be at any level successful – you don't throw him into what is an obvious mess right now and know that he's still going to lose, just like Reich would have, just like anybody else would have in this situation. And then at the end of the year, say, you know, through this exhaustive search and all these candidates we've had in here, as we also satisfy the protocols and the hiring process in the NFL, uh, we still think Jeff Saturday is the guy because there is nobody around here that's going to go for that right now. Oh, my God. I mean, folks who have season tickets – We'll try to get a refund on season tickets if they if 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 uh, Jim Mercer was to go through the whole process of everything and say we still feel like Jeff is the right man for this job. We're going to surround him with the right personnel on his on his staff and everything. And I, I say that as somebody who truly likes Jeff Saturday, I truly like him as a person. But from a coaching standpoint, he is over his head in this situation and. And I expected this to be over his head because, I mean, there's a big difference from going from Georgia high school football to having to coach not only NFL players, but NFL players on a team that is not very good. It is bad. Um, who do you – who do you – who if you if you were Jim Mercer, who are you trying to go get as your next head coach? Well, who am I trying to get? Well, I mean, obviously you try to get a guy like Harbaugh. I mean, you try to – to me, you you got to swing as big as you can. I know we often say that, but that's that's where I start right now. Is I, I would start with the usual suspects that are the big names, the big deals that people can buy into and believe in right now because there is just none of that 
There is none of that, and I, I don't know if in any meantime you're going to be able to build that confidence back up around here. It's this is going to take a while. This is going to take a while because then even if you still have Chris Ballard around here, which a lot of people tell me he's still going to be, and, and for me, I don't know why, considering what he has not accomplished – And we've talked about that ad nauseum, but you have him, there's going to be that non-belief there. It just seems like that they they need to kind of wipe the slate clean here. And they've already done a good job of it. I mean, you talk about blowing it up, blowing it up and doing that midseason. I think that's one and the same right there. But to me, you got to do something more than just hire the interim guy that a lot of people are even more skeptical about, more so than they were when he was hired off the set of ESPN in the first place. You got to go big, but I just don't know if that opportunity to go big is going to be out there. I don't know if the opportunity, Mike, to go out and get a quarterback long term in the draft is going to be out there for them. There's going to be a lot of work to be done. And considering the type of work and consistency and savvy this team has shown over the past couple of years, it's tough to believe it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing Jim Mercy can't do either is you, yeah, I, I completely agree. You got to, you got to swing. And Ursay will do that. What they can't, I don't think what they can't do is they can't go out and get, you know, a guy like, you know, a guy like Matt Rule. And I don't mean obviously Matt Rule's in Nebraska now, but, right. you know, oh, that, 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 you know, relatively known college coach who's doing well and they think that he can make the transition to the NFL. They can't, they, he can't do that because you, he's got to find somebody that the fan base is going to get behind because the reality, the reality is, the fan base, I think they've lost so much faith in Jim Mersey as, as as an owner. I think they've lost a lot of faith in Chris Ballard, a general manager, on what his ability to put a roster together. So Ursay can't screw he can't screw the pooch on this one. Nah, and that's why I mentioned too. I I just don't think that there's going to be enough time to build this back up. I, I as far as the confidence level with people around here. It just seems like that those moments of confidence right now uh, with, you know, Chris Ballard as the decision maker and with Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, I think anybody that had any thought that this could be a combination of these guys were going to be able to build it back, put it back together again, and then get back in the swing of competition coming up in 2023. I just don't think anybody's going to buy that combination and going to buy either one of those guys right now at either position. You know, this is going to be a situation where it's two different years, clearly, and the, the roster's two different. But this is going to be like, what's going to happen next year is going to be like um, the whole, whoever comes in, it's going to be like 2017 where you got to tear it down and build it back up and try to get some pieces in place. That's what's going to be. And it's going to, you, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Colts fans, but they're going to, they're going to, their patience is going to be tested because the Colts' desire to try to have a quick fix, like plugging in at quarterback, clearly has not worked since the moment Andrew Luck walked away in 2019. Jacoby was not that guy despite getting a new contract. Phillip came in for one year, got into the playoffs, fine. We know what happened with Carson and Matt. So you can't just say, okay, we'll just plug in one or two pieces and all of a sudden there's optimism for this franchise to be able to win win again. That 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 has proven over and over again of late that that, that approach has not worked. It's uh, Mike Wells with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You also covered the Pacers for a number of years. You covered them under certainly different circumstances. And I want to look back at the seven-game Western Road swing, which was the longest they have had in you know more than a handful of years. They win two games 
you know, one of that last second shot in L.A. against the Lakers and you know, what was a great performance early in the week in Golden State. Now, when you were covering them, if they were to go two and seven in a Western road swing like that, or two, four, seven, two out of seven games, you would have written that as not being a good trip. How would you view this one for them? They went two out of that seven. They return home, play Washington tonight. How do you view their road trip, considering everything involved here? I look at it as just remember, they they played the they lost to the Clippers. Yes, who did not who, who were not they lost by fourteen to the Clippers, who did not have a complete did not have their core players on. They they, they let Zubac go off for thirty one yes. and and, and twenty nine. Don't remind them. me. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, no, no, Paul, no, Paul George. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard can't stay healthy longer than five minutes. They go into Sacramento, and get blown out by twenty-five with K twenty-three points. You can't let that happen. They go to Utah, get lose by twenty. You can't let that happen. Uh, yes, uh, Dame Lillard was just coming back, but you still lose by double digits to the Trailblazers. There's so many things. I'm, I'm just, I'm a believer. I don't give excuses, and you just can't have those type of games happen. They they beat the Lakers on the last second, a hell of a last second shot, and you can't discredit that. Props, you know, I give them props for winning that Golden State. I mean, winning that Golden State with a very shorthanded roster, meaning the Pacers. Give them props there, but you still can't go out there and go, <clears throat> excuse me, two and five on a West Coast swing. And the West Coast trips are long. Shoot, I think the longest I ever had, I think I had five games was the longest West Coast trip I ever covered with them. Seven games is a long time, but still, two and five where you got blown out by more than twenty points in several games. Ouch. Yeah, you got uh, four straight beginning later on tonight. Actually, the first of a back-to-back tonight. The Wizards here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Brooklyn coming off a back-to-back of their own coming up tomorrow night. Also at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Are you getting IU basketball fever down there now that you're on staff? Man, you know what? I'm getting more, and, and you, 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 you can feel me on this one because you, you got a baby girl too, uh, Miss Laney. I'm buying IU women's basketball, man. I'm just, you know, they're under the radar, and they're sitting there as the top three team in the country uh, without Grace Berger. I, I am, Miss Layla has got me all hyped about IU women's basketball. I'll check out some men's games this year, but uh, I think you and I need to get the girls together, the four of us, go down to Buffalo's, get some wings, eat good, and then go check check out the the women play this season. Buffalo's right there too. I tried to. We were uh, <laughs> when were we down there? We were down there, and I tried to uh, – when did I end up going? I can't remember. I ended up going to – we were going to go to – I wanted to go to Buffalo uh, and then uh, Blake said, hey, why don't we just go to KFC? <laughs> man, listen. Man, hey, man, get, get, get Blake. Tell Blake he can't go to Ron Collie. I know it. I like know that. it. I go, what? KFC? Come on. And it was the – yeah, the West 3rd Street KFC, too, so – there's no yeah, telling what the hell we were eating right there. Hey, by the way, Grace Berger, where is she, how long is she going to be out? I don't know, man. That is a that 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 is a that is a great question. I have uh, no idea how long that's going to happen. Um, um, you know, you know, Sydney Parrish is right. Oh yeah, that's uh, Sean Parrish's daughter. Yep. I got her in one of my classes uh, next semester, and I told Miss Layla she about. She about broke the window, squealing in, in excitement when I saw her. I got her. I got her in a class next semester. Um, a couple of different stories. You know the background with her dad, right? No, I don't. Yeah, her dad, Sean Parrish, who attended Owen Valley High School. Uh, that's where my wife attended high school, Owen yeah. Valley High School, um, and not too far from Bloomington and Spencer. He played up 
at Ball State, and he was a part of that Ball State team in 1990 that barely lost to UNLV when they had Curtis Kidd and Paris McCurdy and Chandler Thompson. Sean Parrish was a part of that. They barely lost to, like, they barely lost to Greg Anthony. And yeah. Out. Remember Greg Anthony was wearing the Ball State hat after that game around? We you know one of those, great, oh, one of those right. great cursive signature hats that we all wore back in the day that were badass. He was wearing that Ball hey, State hat because hat. of that. Yeah. The starter hats. Man, I forgot all about that. But that, that, was, that was her dad. And then when we first started the Backyard Bourbon broadcast, this probably goes back – I would have to say maybe four or so years now. We did one up in in Fishers, right there on the Fishers Noblesville line. We were doing it in a backyard, and um, and Sean and Sydney, who I think was in early stages of high school at the time, you know, came over and were hanging out with the crowd. But he's a, he's a great dude. She's a fantastic player. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to having her in class. As a matter of fact, I'm actually in Bloomington now. We got our media school holiday party, so I'm going to cut this short. Cause I'm about to go eat my brother, and I will. Uh, look were you guys? Were you guys eating at your holiday party? Where is it? Uh, they uh, we're doing it in the media school. They catered, they catered it. Who catered that thing? I, I have no idea, uh-huh. but I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know. I will let you know. Hey, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do Buffaloes, and then sometime we're gonna have to do Yonkos down there too. I got I got a hankering to do a little bit of Yonkos at some time. So a little Zagreb is gonna be on the the schedule at some point. All right. All right, let's do that, brother. Hey, have a great weekend. I'll see you on Sunday. You got it. It's Mike Wells of ESPN Radio obviously teaches media school writings and such down at IU in Bloomington. Uh, Sydney Parrish is a fantastic player. Yeah, I, I tell you, I loved watching Grace Berger play. I hope she gets back sooner rather than later. CJ Miller writes this, JMV, I'm having some massive JMV takeover withdrawal. How about sneaking in some Welcome to the Boomtown by David and David? <laughs> You're some of your other favorites doing the last hour of today's show. I think that's a hell of an idea right there. This is going to be week three, Saturday number three without it. So I think we're almost halfway done now. I think I have three, I have three more after this. Or we're going to be halfway done. Sure thing, CJ. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Denary is going to join us. Valley Sports Indiana, as we mentioned, to the first of four with the Pacers at home. Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight with the Washington Wizards. The voice of the Pacers from Valley Sports Indiana, Chris Denary, joins us next. The Ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. J-Law wanted Rickrolled, so there it is. Three more weeks plus, I think. Maybe more than that. I'd have to look. Until we come back on New Year's Eve. Speaking of which, New Year's Eve at Yacht Rock Review over at the Mira Old National Center. I do have tickets for you a little bit later on when you hear a uh, Yacht Rock re-entry. We'll do that before the end of the show. 5.30 is when we bail today because, as you well know, we've got Colts happy hour, and then you get the Pacers matchup against the Wizards. They return home after seven on the road, almost two full weeks on the road. They win two of those seven, but it was a fun watch, to say the least. Four straight again at home, beginning with the Wizards later on tonight. And on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the voice of the Pacers, Bally Sports Indiana, he is Chris Denary. Were you a little gas being on the road as long as you were? Yeah, uh, that that's the longest road trip in 37 years. I've never done a road trip that long. I think 
I was listening to you with Mike. I, I do think the longest that I'd ever done was a five. So uh, seven games, uh, you know, it's, that's a long time living out of a suitcase. Um, I had to remember uh, I, I'm, I'm on, uh, let's see where I'm on, Pennsylvania right now. I had to remember my route. It nice. been a couple of weeks since I had done this. So, uh, yeah, just making my way downtown to Cambridge Fieldhouse for tonight's game. I'd ask Mike a question that I, I had put out there and answered myself a little bit earlier this week about winning two of seven on the road and how you would view either bad or good of a particular Western road swing. And and I'm not lowering the bar by any stretch of the imagination here, but for this group and what we expect, what they went through, what they battled, what they did, I look at that and I, I say at least they got two in there. And I know that the other... You know, blows out. They were blown out in Sacramento and Portland and Utah against the Clippers, and then he had that close loss the other night against the T Wolves. And I know that people might be disappointed, but I tell them not to be as a part of this whole growth process. You agree? Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, I, I think you know, I look at Golden State earlier this year. They went on a five-game Eastern Conference road trip and lost every one of them. Uh, you know, they've not been a good road team this year. And John, honestly. If, you, if we were having this discussion back in August or even early September and you looked through the first 25 games and said, hey, you'd be coming back from a seven-game road trip still over 500 at 13 and 12, I do think everybody would have taken it. Now, when you get in the moment, you get a little disappointed. I would have loved for uh, the Pacers to have won Wednesday night. They rallied from that 23-point deficit, had a third-quarter lead, rallied from a nine-point deficit in the final minute and had a chance to win that game. And if you win at Minnesota, then all of a sudden you've won three of the seven and you might look at that road trip a little differently. But I think, you know, to at least get two wins on that road trip in the fashion that you did against, you know, two teams in the Lakers and the Warriors that are, are, are good at home, I thought, you know, was an important statement for this team because, Again, you looked at that road trip maybe a month ago and you're trying to figure out, man, how are the Pacers going to get some wins? Uh, So, uh, you know, I think for what they've gone through and where they are right now, they have to feel pretty good about their standing. No, I I would agree with you on that as well. And I have to remind people, just like Rick Carlisle reminded everybody before they embarked on that seven-gamer out west was, hey – you know, this this is a, a great start, um, and that's fantastic. But now teams are really, and I'm paraphrasing here, going to put a bullseye on this team, are going to be more prepared for this team. And he was he was kind of letting us all in on what might be on the seven-gamer. And I thought really it kind of worked out, as he explained, it probably would before you guys took off. Yeah, and, and you know, those that, that three-game stretch, you had your longest losing streak of the year, and it was your three worst losses. Uh, you know, you got blown out in Sacramento, and they're, they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, you got beat by Utah, and then Damian Lillard comes back, and you get beat by Portland. So, no, you're right. And I think you look at all of these things, and, you know, let's just pinpoint a player in Benedict Matherin. He's named the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month for October and November, uh, had a sensational first 20-plus games. He struggled of late, and I think everybody knew that could happen, because all of a sudden, John, you're game plan differently than you were the first month, month and a half of the season. 
he's near the top of the scouting report now for the Pacers. So there are adjustments that this group is going to have to make continuously, not just through the first 25 games, but now the next 25 games as you hit the halfway point of the season. How can we get them? And I'm wondering about tonight. We've talked about this before. Notoriously, a team coming off a long road trip like that, it is a bit of a slog at the beginning when you get back home. And I expect that. However, this has been the M.O. of this team, these bad first quarters, the, these bad starts. How do they redirect this thing at the begin, beginning of games to make this better? I think it's a part of the whole growth process, but it's something I think that you probably need to work hardcore on beginning later on tonight. Yeah, there's no question. 11 out of 13, you've fallen behind uh, after a quarter. 18 of the 25 games, and I think it's 11, John, by double figures. I mean, you look back at Wednesday night, uh, I did not see any way, and I've watched this team battle back from big deficits. It was looking so dire in that first quarter, I thought, I'm not sure the Pacers can get back in it. And then they score 44 second quarter points, so... It's just been a real interesting situation. You know, think back to the Golden State game. You're undermanned, and yet you lead most of the way in that game and jump out to a double-figure lead. And then you get the, the bulk of your starters back, Halliburton and Turner, and you return to your old ways, and you fall behind by 18 in the first quarter at Minnesota. So, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, year. I know Rick Carlisle's trying to figure out, you know, how do you get off to better starts? Because if you continuously fall behind, are you going to win some games when you're down by 10 or 20? Sure you are. But you're not going to do it all the time. And unfortunately, the Pacers have fallen into this rut far too many times that it's just really, really hard to continue to have to come back from deficits like that. Yeah, Jalen Smith didn't participate in that final of the seven games out west in Minneapolis the other night. What's his availability for tonight? Do you know yet? No, there's still uh, the injury report came. There's still a lot of guys listed questionable. They still had Turner questionable with a hamstring, even though a sore hamstring, even though he played on Wednesday. Uh, They did not practice yesterday. They did not shoot around today. Uh, They're on the floor right now, uh, you know, about two hours before the game. So, when Rick Carlisle meets with the media at about 5.15, we should have some clarity on the availability of players tonight. Does it look like it is more enjoyable? I guess it would stand to reason it would be. But if you watch Rick Carlisle on the sideline a year ago, it didn't look like that there was too much joy. If you remember Rick Carlisle in closing out his career as the head coach of the Mavericks, that did not look too enjoyable. But you look at this version of Rick Carlisle on the sideline with this team, it looks like he's having as good a time as they are. I think he is. I mean, he'll tell you the the function of a coach is to be a teacher. I mean, they go hand in hand. And I really think that he's enjoyed uh, teaching this group. Uh, I mean, to a man on the coaching staff, on the staff, the performance people, the athletic trainers, I've been told that this is one of the great groups that they've worked with in many, many years. And many of these people, um, you know, on the performance side and the athletic training uh, side, John, have been with the franchise for between 15 and 20 years. So I think that's high praise about this group. And I think that's one of the reasons, and again, we can argue success, but, but I think You know, I don't think anybody thought they'd be in sixth in the East right now, 
a game over 500, so we can argue success. But I think it's been successful thus far, and I think it's been because this group has really bought into what the coaching staff is is preaching. And I think Rick Carlisle has had uh, a very enjoyable time developing this young group. And uh, there's there's still a long way to go. Uh, but, uh, I mean, look at that Golden State game. Even the other night against Minnesota, John, in the Golden State game at one point, they had three rookies on the floor. They had Treble and Queen, a two-way player, and throw in Isaiah Jackson, a, a second-year player, going up against the defending world champs, and they were holding their own, if not, you know, doing better. So it's been an interesting kind of year, but I do think he's enjoyed it a lot. So Kristen Airy of Bally Sports Indiana got the call later on tonight. 6.30, your pregame begins, and it's a 7P tip with the Pacers and the Wizards from Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up later on tonight. Um, I'll a couple more things, and then I'll cut you loose here. The growth of Andrew Nemhart. Surprising to you the level in which he has reached to this early portion of his NBA career? I think the surprising uh, part of that, John, would be his ability to score. Um, you know, I think in the last four or five games, he's averaging 15 points. He had that 31-point game in Golden State. I, I think they everybody thought that he'd be a really good defender um, and a good ball handler, and he sees the game well. But his ability to make shots in critical situations uh, has been, I think, outstanding. And I think that's been the biggest shock for many of us uh, to know that he could come into the NBA and score at the level he's been able to score. But uh, you think about it. I mean, he is an absolute steal at 31. I mean, this is a guy that should have been a first-round draft pick, and the Pacers feel very fortunate that he slid all the way to them with the first pick of the second round. Buddy healed the other night. They're down two. He's trying to shake up Rudy Gobert a little bit. If Had he gone to that up and under on the other side of the rim and not I didn't say challenge. He didn't really challenge Gobert, but going at Gobert on on that side of the rim, do you think maybe things would have turned out differently for him? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was in the locker room after the game, and we were talking to Buddy, and he had beaten him early in the game and gotten to the basket and scored with that left hand. And I think he felt like he had cleared Gobert. Give Gobert credit because he chased him down in a critical situation. It was not goaltending. I mean, he – he put the ball against the backboard. So I'm not sure Buddy felt comfortable going up and under. I think based on what he had done the first time, he was confident that he could get to the rim quicker than Gobert could get there, but obviously he didn't. Yeah, I thought I thought he was trying to get it up off the glass as quickly as possible. That's uh, You know what I mean? I just thought he was trying to get it up there off the glass as quickly as possible. But, yeah, Gobert. Um, it, by the way, too, when Gobert dunked that, for the final points of the game, I was kind of curious. Anybody bat an eye on that? Is that a situation where you don't pull it back out like everybody else in the NBA does? And if you don't, you have a little bit of yeah. anger toward it? Anybody think about that? I mean, the way that happened, I guess, with the turnover, I didn't really have a problem with it. I didn't either. It was such a fast, it was such a fast transitional play. Uh, I, I think the fact of the matter that he made the two free throws, John, I would have never thought that he would go to the line and make both free throws. Anthony Edwards, yes, he's going to make both. But those were two huge free throws that Gobert made that really put a lot of pressure on the Pacers the other way. Anthony Edwards travels even more than you travel in the NBA. 
basically every time he makes a move off the dribble. Every yeah, time. I think the one thing, and, and I will say this, I think the NBA has done a better job. They've almost gone over the top with it. But what happens is so many players out on the perimeter, I, I say it to Quinn, it's like they're in a starting block to run the 100 meters, right? And, and they take off with both feet instead of, you know, taking off with one with a pivot foot. So um, I think this has become an increasingly hard call to make because these guys are so fast and so quick. And I will say, I will give kudos to the league uh, for really trying to hone in on it because once they do that, it should correct itself. Uh, but there are still guys that are going to get away with it just because they uh, they do it so easily. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, but at the same time, I think that if you corral it and put your thumb down on it and call it, then that teaches the lesson to them first and when you let it happen i think it's tough to really as they say put that toothpaste back in the uh tube of toothpaste yeah so that's that's what i think is difficult about it but i would say the traveling calls are way up from what we've seen that's true that part's true yeah i mean there's there have been some games john where i think we've had seven to ten traveling calls um all very similar those calls out on the perimeter where a player is either coming off a screen, or just trying to get to the basket as quick as possible. By the way, 33 going to the chest of Gobert the other night was something new that I haven't seen from him before. If you I, noticed. i tell you what, he's, yeah, he's done a lot of things very well this year. I mean, he's got a three-game stretch, John, where he's averaging about 21 points a game, uh, shooting the three well, I think taking the ball to the basket. I've been very impressed. I mean, I think, you know, this is the best year of Miles' career right now. He's averaging 18 points, eight rebounds, 55% from the field. He's shooting over 40% from three-point range. I mean, he has not had numbers like this uh, prior to his career. So I've, you have to give this guy a lot of credit uh, for, for his product. I know you do. Oh, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that, that don't, but, but he's been very good this year. Uh, yeah, has he had a dud here or there? Sure. Um, everybody's going to have one of those. But by and large, his numbers have really been outstanding this year. Nope. Completely agree. Now, you do follow my timeline on Twitter, right? Especially yeah, after I mean, after every game. Times I, I have to disengage. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to disengage. And, I mean, during the games, it's, it's, hard, it's hard enough to call a game, um, let alone, you know, get to Twitter during timeouts and those types of things. So, um, I will see after the fact, you know, some of the back and forth that you have uh, with some of your friends. Yeah. My friends. You got my anonymous friends. One of these yeah. days, maybe I'll find yeah. out who they are. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. All right. Have a great call tonight, Chris. Appreciate you. All right. Good to be back home. Looking forward to it. Thanks. You got a denarii there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. First of four Wizards Pacers tonight, Wizards Nets tomorrow night. 6.30 coverage begins coming up later on tonight here on The Fan. Quick one. Don Fisher got an award. You guys checked that out earlier this week, the 2022 NFF Chris Schenkel Award. That is pretty awesome. The award winner, the Hall of Famer. We're going to talk up IU and Arizona coming up tomorrow night out in Las Vegas. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, top of the hour. 93.5107 by The Fan.
The Ride with JMV. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Don Fisher. Hopefully they didn't have a delay on their flight. If they don't, we'll check in with the voice of the Hoosiers coming up in the next couple of minutes. Uh, Christopher Cross, by the way, is Yacht Rock, if you guys are wondering right there. Well done. Hello, Michael McDonald, background singing too is always good. That makes a classic song right there. Yacht Rock Review is coming to you. Miraul National Center, that is on New Year's Eve. And I promise you we'll have a fantastic time. I'll be back on the JMV Takeover. You'll be over there with Yacht Rock Review. You'll come out of there. I'll still be on because we party that thing up on New Year's Eve. That is the return. And I promise you an outstanding time, too. Yacht Rock Review tickets to caller 9 right now if you want to check it out coming up on New Year's Eve. Have fun with that, and hopefully Don Fisher is going to join us um, before the end of the show. Remember, 5.30, we got to bail. I've got to go to Colts Happy Hour, do that for an hour, and then fire up with the Pacer pregame show. Pacers-Wizards coming up tonight. The first of four for the Pacers at home this evening. Now, tip time is at 7 o'clock if you're going down. Actually, the first of a back-to-back. They have the Wizards tonight and the Brooklyn Nets coming up tomorrow night. And the Nets are also coming off a back-to-back. So we'll see how they play things coming up tomorrow night. I'll let you know about the uh, injury players. They got some guys on the injured list. We talked to Chris Denary about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Podcast with me and the voice of the Pacers. 1075thefan.com. He may be on a flight right now. There may not be anything he can do about it. And that that part does stink, but we'll see. Kind of wondered with maybe the weather, maybe there would be a last time. If you remember last week, ah, uh, they were holed up over here at the airport for. Uh, it took them a while. I don't think they got in until around ten o'clock or so. Did they not to Rutgers last week? Uh, that was certainly an issue that we talked about on the show with Don last week. Kind of wonder if uh, they're not out there just yet. And it is one of those days where we got a bail coming up at 530. You guys want to hit some pacers? We can at 239-1070. We want to do some some Colts in this bye week, of course. We can certainly do that. And as I mentioned, I got a lot of college basketball to talk about. Matt Painter, by the way, is going to join us coming up next week. I'm going to be out both Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, I'll get Matt on later in the week. They're going to be playing Davidson later on the week. They're on the road to Big Ten this weekend versus Nebraska. Uh, We'll get a pretty good read on on Purdue from Matt Painter, who's going to join me coming up next week. We're going to really dive in, start to dive in a little bit more to, uh, to college basketball. But Matt's going to join us coming up at some point next week regarding that. Boilermakers have been as enjoyable to watch as anybody without question. And then maybe by the time I return next Wednesday, we'll have an answer as far as the next Boilermaker head football coach, too, is something else we've been talking about. Rob Blackman on the show yesterday went in-depth with us on what he thinks they're looking for. And as far as the exodus was concerned, who's staying, who's going, Brian Brom on an interim basis in the Citrus Bowl, he is going to be the coach. 
which is an interesting dynamic considering his <laughs> in a Brom, now a Louisville and a Brom staying at Purdue, at least on an interim basis. But that's what we learned yesterday from Rob and get involved in that Boilermaker hoopage coming up this weekend too. But IU in Arizona. Now that is going to be fun coming up tomorrow night. And this is a really good gauge. And not as if Rutgers wasn't because Rutgers has proven to be an incredible thorn in the side over the years of any IU basketball team, especially over the Archie Miller era. But a fantastic gauge with Arizona coming up and then later on in the month of December having to venture to Allen Fieldhouse and take on Kansas. I dig that. I do. Find out a lot about your squad before you get into the teeth of the Big Ten season. Kind of get a little appetizer right here now. An appetizer with Rutgers. That didn't go well on Saturday, but it was much better the other night at home against Nebraska. But you're really going to get a feel for your squad here playing, you know, two of those blue chipper type of programs in college basketball. And Tommy Lloyd, let me tell you this for Arizona. Tommy Lloyd, you saw it a year ago with what he had. You saw it a year ago with Benedict Mather and the Pacer rookie as a part of it too. But that guy can coach. Clearly, you could tell when he sat on the bench for all those years in Spokane and uh, he was on the staff of Mark Few, the guy was paying full attention. He can coach it up. Arizona has some great resources, some talented players. Tomorrow night in Vegas is going to be a blast. Just hoping that a lot of you actually make the trek out there. Hopefully, you're already out there. But that is going to be fantastic. And a fantastic gauge to boot for this team coming up tomorrow. Hey, Jamvi, I heard you talking a little bit earlier regarding going to the Working Men's Friend today. What was the order that Robin Miller always told us to get? That would be a double cheeseburger with no middle bun. Uh, Robin Miller would have double burdened me today and probably did where he is right now because I did not order the double cheeseburger, no middle bun. I ordered the grilled tenderloin, which was really good, but that's not why you're supposed to go there. That was me. And to answer Greg's question, I did actually order some onion rings for the table. I did not order the fruit cup, but I did think about ordering the cottage cheese. I don't know what overcome me there. It's just weird. But I did go with the beer-battered onion rings. But I got to rethink the order next time. Fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Got to rethink it, though. Sean writes this. As much as I love the idea of Jim Harbaugh, thoughts on Sean Payton coming to Indy, uh, basically no thoughts because I no way. Would it be great? Absolutely. Would he be a cure moving forward? Would he be something, an intention getter? Something that would easily be sold around here to a disgruntled and tired of hearing about this so-called greatness going to happen this year that hasn't come? Yes, that would be a fantastic hire. Is it going to happen? No. But it'd be great. Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton would be great. We were talking a little bit earlier with Mike Wells about you know splash hires. That would certainly be it, but both... Both seem nothing more than a pipe dream. Maybe in other years, but the way this thing looks right now, nothing more 
than a pipe dream. Which is unfortunate. I think this also is kind of how you feel right now about it. John Martin says, JMV, I heard you talking about the Amino Energy. Stop by the CGX CrossFit. I've been in there before. I actually went in there and I watched what they did and I went, man, this is going to make my knees hurt right here. I don't know about it, but they have Amino Energy. Shout out. Amino Energy at CGX CrossFit. Yes, Kyle. Are you more of an Amino Energy guy or that uh, Celsius drink? Um, Very much more Amino Energy. Celsius does not do anything for me. Zero. And that's what Caleb Williams, it's who's going to end up winning now, yeah. the Heisman, is. It's like a healthier version of an energy drink? Uh, I don't know how healthy this thing is right here. But you guys see me. If you're watching on YouTube Live, I drink one of these nearly every day. I'm kind of in that groove where I do right now. But the uh, watermelon flavor, sparkling water, amino energy, I like a great deal. I just can't find it. I find it at that vitamin shop. I find it inside uh, the cooler case at Speedway. But it is by far my favorite, my favorite energy drink. I've also got the powder. You can find the powdered version of it at Walmart with this flavor. I just think this is better than the powdered version. Chicago Colt chimes in with this. Harbaugh or Kellen Moore, who's the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, would work for me. It may end up being a coordinator type of situation. And it may not end up being Jeff Saturday at all. This just has been. And who's going to end up making the choice? I'm assuming still, because I'm with everybody else. If you've listened this week, anybody we've had on talking about who they believe is going to be around coming up when they go into the offseason, uh, most of which I think are on the same page with me saying we've seen enough move on, but they believe that Chris Ballard is going to be a part of this moving forward. You know, even with all that has gone down, and clearly all that has gone down that he has not been on board with, most significantly uh, that hiring of Jeff Saturday about a month ago on an interim basis. But most people would suggest to me that they believe he's going to be around. Rob checks in. How are you on the Sycamores right now? The best team since 12 and 13, 9 and 1, first place. In the Mo Valley, coming off a win at Southern Illinois and Carbondale and getting Southern Indiana coming up this weekend. Yes, Kyle? If you look at IU, Purdue, Indiana State, yes, is this one of the better state of Indiana college basketball starts we've seen? Needs to be. Recently? Yeah, it needs to be, too. It needs to be. I think everybody around here is kind of deserving of a strong run by somebody. You've kind of been waiting around, you know, doing like this with your thumbs, right? If you're watching on YouTube Live, you've been waiting around. You're, you're deserving of this. And Purdue gave them a run a year ago, but even with that run to the Sweet 16, if you remember, it was still disappointing on how that thing ended for you. And even with IU getting back to the NCAA tournament, you know, finally, without Archie Miller, with Mike Woodson in year number one, it was still disappointing the way that they went out against St. Mary's, getting drubbed. Fans around here deserve it. That's why I mentioned fans deserve a little bit of love with the Pacers in mind. I want you to be able to grasp something and be positive with it. You just don't often get that great deal of an opportunity. That's why I've suggested to you with the Pacers in mind to embrace the moments. They're not going to give you the longevity of the season, but embrace those moments in which they are good. And luckily for you, they certainly to this point have been better 
better than they have been bad. That's probably all dynamically going to change at some point, but they have been better. Not just better than what you thought, but better than they have been bad this year. Deserve it. Sit around way too long and you wait. And you wait and you wait and you wait. And you've been waiting on the Colts forever. Think about that. You go all the way back, as I mentioned earlier on the show, all the way back to that Christmas night game against Arizona where you thought everything was coming together. Remember how good you felt after that game? Thought it was all coming together. It wasn't just people around here. It wasn't just us. It wasn't just you. National folks jumped on this thing. If there is a team you did not want to play coming up in the postseason, at the top of that list, according to those nationally, was the Colts coming off of that win over Arizona. And it took it all but two weeks to get flushed right down the toilet, to have a bad offseason, to be oversold on a product that was not even going to close to deliver. In fact, was going to be one of the more major disappointments in the NFL season, and here we are. And that's what it turned out to be. Damon writes this, who do you think would work with Jim Ursay and interferences? I just feel his decisions are more of distractions as of late. I don't think there's any question that they're more distractions. And I brought this up going all the way back to the hiring of Jeff Saturday. What you're going to have to do if you're Jim Ursay, you, you make this next coaching hire, and we'll see what happens with Chris Ballard. Again, I've seen enough. Don't think Jim Ursay's seen enough. But you make that next coaching hire, and then you let your football people handle it. Then you kind of step away and let them handle it. You don't intervene. You don't mix in with, hey, let's play this Ellinger guy here. That's part of getting back. And as much as he embraces the golden era of this team, that's part of the way that things went. He let the football people now, the football people back then have were much better than the football people right now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, much better. Just say what you want about Bill Polian, but Bill, Bill Polian's a Hall of Famer. Say what you want about, well, they should have won more, you know, whatever. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. Say what you want about Tony Dungy, but that combination of he and Bill Polian was fantastic. And at those times, you know, Jim just kind of, was in the background and that's where he ultimately needs to go again you know once you get this core group in place because that has been a significant distraction as i I told you going all the way back damon all the way back to when they benched matt ryan and i know he was injured but when they benched him for Sam Ellinger, inside that locker room, they were on board with it. They were not on board with it, I should say. They were not close to on board with it. So this has just been a discombobulated mess of a season. And at some point, you got to hire the guys that you believe in and then take yourself out of it. Way too much of the owner in this thing. And it works much better when the owner's not deeply embedded in this thing. Yanny writes this, so what's up? The Sycamore's looking good for once. Have you heard any feedback on stem cell and PRP injections on your knees? I've said this before. I would inject. 
I would rub on. I would do anything that I could do not to have any sort of pain in the knees or any area. But I have not heard on. I have not heard anything regarding it. I can tell you this, though, with PRP, PRP injections are legit because that's what they do to further. And you guys can check this out on YouTube Live. Uh, the hair growth with WeGrowHairAndy.com and PAI is ridiculous. And it just keeps getting better. And part of that is the consistency that you do on a yearly basis of PRP injections. It is incredible. So it works. And I listen, I would do it. I would absolutely do it. But have not yet. And it certainly works on the dome. The dome area gets it done right there. Uh, JMV, you were talking about the paces a little bit earlier, too. You come off that western road swing. You come back here. What do you think the level of play is going to be tonight, and especially in that back-to-back against Brooklyn? As I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be a struggle tonight, especially in the first quarter. They've had a struggle in the first quarters anyway, as we talked to Chris Denary about. But you come off a long trip like that, it's probably going to be a bit of a slog to start this game tonight. And then we'll see what happens with Brooklyn tomorrow night with their stars coming off the second of a back-to-back. Durant, Irving. Now we'll see what they look like. We'll see what they resemble as far as the starting lineup is concerned when when they return. JMV at 1075thefan.com is the email address. At JMV, you mentioned the Purdue Boilermaker head coaching job. Is there any ideal type of coach you think they need moving forward and I know a lot of people a lot of people on Golden Black Illustrated a lot of people are sold on Jim Leonard who was the interim head coach who was the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin they like him a great deal I, I want to see more of an offensive philosophy and I'm not suggesting this is going to be the guy or needs to be the guy but I think that at the top of the list, you go back and look at what you did with Jeff Brom coming out of Western Kentucky. You go back to Western Kentucky, look at a guy like Tyson Helton. And Jamarcus Shepard is a guy that somebody's brought up because I like Kalen DeBoer at Washington. But you're a year too late for that because now he's deeply rooted in Washington in the Pac-12. You know, a year ago, you're coming off that season at Fresno State. And maybe there's an opportunity, but no longer that is the opportunity. So you take, you know, somebody from his staff that certainly has Purdue ties. But to me, it's more of an offensive philosophy that you look for here than it is anything else. And I would start with, I would start with Helton. And you certainly look at DeBoer's staff. I tell you, I mentioned this, I think it was the day before yesterday, maybe it was yesterday, regarding DeBoer, his staff and his team offensively is one of the more entertaining teams to watch in college football. With Pennix and throwing it up and down, getting up and down the field quickly, putting up big numbers. So I think there's going to be more of an offensive lean than it is certainly anything else. What do you think? Uh, Craig's at 239-1070. Hello, Craig. I'm doing well. How are you today? Craig, I'm great. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I have a couple things about the Colts. Yes. Uh, uh, regarding the coaching position. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, uh, we have not been very creative offensively for I don't know how long. 
what would be wrong with uh, looking at Eric Bieniemy of the Kansas City Chiefs? For the Colts, um, I would yeah. I would consider that a possibility. And you listen, people are going to poke holes in everything, and this is kind of what yeah. they have done with Bieniemy in Kansas City. It's similar to what had happened to Frank Reich when he was playing or coaching for Doug Peterson in Philly. You kind of say, well, he's not calling the plays. In KC, it's ultimately the Andy Reid decision. In Philly, it was ultimately the Doug Peterson decision. But okay. I would agree with you on that. Um, I, I think certainly he would be a candidate coming in here. I don't think he would get the gig, but he would be the candidate, a candidate, certainly. And um, I, I, to me, at some point, somebody's going to give him a shot, and then we'll see what happens. But right now, he kind of falls you know, under that umbrella of, well, he's the guy there, he's big in their offense, but it's ultimately the head coach that's going to make those offensive calls. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some magic will dry, uh, rub off, though. Huh? Well, I mean, anything. <laughs> Any, you you got to find something, and if you're Jim Irsay, you got to move out of the way here and then yeah, let them go to work on you. Hey, Craig, have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You too, John. It's Craig right there. And it's not fair to make that assumption about anybody, but that's just as anybody critiques and pokes holes into any possible decision that is the first thing that doesn't come up just now but has in the past with the enemy hey kyle great job from you today actually we're not going anywhere colts happy hour is going to come up on the other side bob lovell mike wells chris denary and uh, don fisher unfortunately stuck on a flight to get out to vegas right now so we respect that we'll get don on coming up next week shout out to those yacht rock review tickets as well Pacers coming up tonight. Pacers 6.30 pregame right here on The Fan. But prior to that, we'll do a bi-week edition of Colts Happy Hour hosted by me. That's coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Lounge on YouTube Live, you guys are fantastic today. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.